the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Prayer is not always just talking to God. It's talking and it's listening. Did you get that? Welcome to Core Truth Radio, a radio ministry of Core Church Los Angeles with pastor and Bible teacher Steve Wilburn. Pastor Steve will be teaching the Word of God with truth right from the Bible. For more information, go to corechurchla.org. That's corechurchla.org. For today's Core Truth, we start a brand new message titled Prayer in John 17. Let's jump right in. Have you ever had someone praying for you? I hope you have. Maybe the reason that you're a Christian today is because somebody had been praying for you for a long time. Maybe there have been times when you were faced with overwhelming circumstances and you could literally feel the prayers of others in your life. I remember that's exactly how we felt. My wife was recuperating from a C-section and they moved my daughter over to another hospital into a, you know, an intensive care unit for preemies. And the doctor told us that, you know, she wasn't going to make it. She wasn't going to live and all of these things. And I remember walking out into the lobby of the hospital and I was teaching a home Bible study at the time. And there was like 30 people from this home Bible study and in the uh, just the hospital waiting room, all praying for us. And it's like, boy, you talk about what was needed at that moment. And that was it. But maybe, you know, you just wish that someone was praying for you right now. Because everything around you, including all of your circumstances, are in serious need of God's merciful touch. Yes, there are all kinds of prayers out there. And one thing for sure, if we didn't have prayer, our hopes and dreams would all be dashed. But it might be a good time for us to rethink how we pray and make it a priority. Well, the late Billy Graham, the famous evangelist that preached to more people than any human being had ever preached on a planet Earth here, before he had passed away, he was being interviewed. And they're asking him a few things, and one of the things that he made comment on was the brevity of life. He says, life is so short. And it's like, you know, you're here, and then you're, you're gone, and you go through, and it's like, wow, it doesn't seem like it when you're young. It seems like you're just like, man, am I going to be in school for the rest of eternity or what? But then you get out of school, then all of a sudden, years and decades are just clipping by. But yes, he said, it's the brevity of life is short. They asked him, and he goes, well, Mr. Graham, if you could do anything different in your life, what would it be? And he said, well, if I could do something different, he goes, I would pray more and do half as much as I did. But I would pray twice as much. So prayer was really important as it reflected back on his life. Yes, we need to pray. But how? Well, consider this little boy's prayer. He said this quote, Dear God, please take care of my daddy and my mommy and my sister and my brother and my doggy and me. And please, God, 
Take care of yourself. Because if anything happens to you, we're all going to be in a big mess. Yes. Amen to that. Yes. Maybe we could all learn a few things from the prayers of children. Like praying about anything and everything. Remember, it was God that said, cast all of your cares upon me because I care for you. Listen to how seven-year-old Debbie cast her cares upon the Lord. She said, dear God, please send a new baby for my mommy. The baby that you sent last week cries too much. Yes. Or how about this? Six-year-old little Jimmy said, dear God, who did you make smarter, boys or girls? My sister and I want to know. But then his sister took over the prayer and she said, dear God, could you please give my little brother some brains? So far, he doesn't have any. Well, there you go. Uh, Then there are those childhood prayers of desperation when we find ourselves stuck in a rut with a habit that we just can't seem to break. Just like this little boy, he said, dear God, help me to not wet the bed anymore. I keep getting into trouble, but I just can't stop. I wonder if there's anyone that could pray a prayer like that. Maybe not wetting the bed, or at least I hope not. But what about some other things that we are doing this year that we just can't stop? And it's like those things that have pulled us down, those things that have pulled us away, the things that have kept us from thriving in our relationship with God, those sin areas that just keep haunting us. Maybe, just maybe, we could ask God to help us and that we would have a willingness of spirit to say no to our flesh And allow the Spirit of God to really rule and reign in our life. Yes, what would we do without prayer? It was Francis Quarles that said this quote, Heaven finds an ear when sinners find a tongue to pray. Yes, we need to pray. And if we make prayer our first resort, then prayer will never have to be our last resort. The Baylor Institute for Studies on Religion asked about 400 questions in a survey on the matter of prayer. This is some of what that survey found. They said this, number one, women are more likely to pray than men. There you go. And people with high incomes are less likely to pray than those with low incomes. Maybe that's because according to CBC News, the big news agency in Canada, they said North America has 5% of the world's population, yet it holds 30% of the world's household income. Actually, more like 34%. Yes, in America, when our bank accounts are full, it appears that our prayer lives seem to stop. The study went on to say that only 19% of these people pray at every meal. Now, they did another study that said 50% pray for meals at times, but only 19% of the people pray for every meal. But the Bible says we should be giving thanks for every meal that we eat. It says in 1 Timothy 4.4, for every creature of God is good and nothing is to be refused if it is received with thanksgiving. 
That's why we should pray at every single meal, whether we're in public or not. Yes, today as we continue in our study through the Gospel of John, we will look at the true Lord's Prayer. When I say the true Lord's Prayer, is that many times the prayer in the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew 6 gets confused as the Lord's Prayer, but we'll see how that works. So we're going to consider three points in the light of our title prayer. Number one, the Lord's Prayer that we think about in Matthew 6. Number two, how to pray. How do we pray? And number three, his prayer for us. First, we'll look at the Lord's Prayer. For many have confused the Lord's Prayer with what we have recorded in Matthew 6. Again, in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus was asked, how should we pray? So he said this in Matthew 6, 9, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we have forgiven our debtors and do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from evil for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Yes, we think of that as the Lord's prayer, but understand Jesus gave us that prayer in Matthew six as an example of how we ought to pray. That was not the Lord's prayer. He was giving it to us as an example of how to pray. We were never instructed to pray that specific prayer. Yet many have memorized that prayer and some will quote it as if it held some mystical power. While others will quote parts of it. Still even others will even misquote it. Yet God might just answer it if it's misquoted considering how you misquote it. Now listen to this four-year-old little boy, how he misquoted it. He says, and forgive us of our trash baskets as we forgive those who put trash in our baskets. There's a lot of truth to that. (laughs) Yes, a lot of truth to that, to say the least. But I think we could all pray that from time to time. Yes, it was a prayer of instruction, though, is what that prayer was in the Sermon on the Mount. Like starting off with, Our Father, our heart in heaven. You know, hallowed be thy name. Yes, God is in heaven, and he is worthy of our praise. His kingdom come. His will be done. Yes, he will come again, and our prayer should always seek his will being done over and above our will being done. Yes, Matthew chapter 6, you could say was an example. It was a template of how we should pray. The different elements that should be in our prayer. But know this, God has no desire whatsoever to listen to some pre-written, religious, repetitious prayer. So what is prayer? Prayer is simply talking to God. Adam Clark said this quote, prayer requires more of the heart than of the tongue. It's all about the heart. Yes, it's not the amount of words in our prayers. It's not how eloquent we string the words together. It doesn't matter where we are. It doesn't matter what time of the day it is, either morning, noon, or night. And it doesn't matter what body position we're in, whether we're kneeling, prostrate, be on the floor, standing up, sitting down. What really matters 
is where the heart is and how we approach the Father who is in heaven. I remember uh, vividly when I first became a believer and me and my wife uh, were just getting married and we went to her parents' house for our first Thanksgiving together as a married couple and her uncle was there. And I remember he prayed for the family meal there on Thanksgiving. And he had this most eloquent, beautiful prayer strung with all these extravagant words. And I just remember sitting there thinking to myself, I could never pray like that. I'm just never going to be anything as a Christian. Listen to that prayer. It's just so beautiful. It's so eloquent. It's so awesome. Only to find out that that man was having adulterous relationships with multiple women on his wife and what have you. And it's like, yeah, it all sounded good off of the tongue, but his heart was far from where that was. Yes, we must remember that when we go to the Lord, then we approach the Father in heaven, that he is holy, that he is righteous and just, which means we must honor him. We must praise him and glorify him. But it must be from the heart, not just outwardly. We need, and we need to get to the point on our prayers. God doesn't need a bunch of numerous filler words in our prayers to sound wonderful. We don't have to try to impress God. In fact, Jesus said in the Sermon on the Mount, talking about prayer, he said this in verse 5. He said, Matthew chapter 6, verse 5, he says, When you pray... You're not to be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and on the street corners so that they may be seen of men. Truly, I say to you, they have the reward in full right there with everyone patting them on the back. Oh, you sound so spiritual. He goes on to say, but you. Who's he talking? He's talking to his sons and his daughters. He says, but you, when you pray, go into your inner room, close your door and pray to your father who is in secret and your father who sees you in secret and what is done in secret, he will reward you openly one day. But also our prayers need to be prayers of faith. The Bible tells us in Hebrews eleven six, he says, and without faith is impossible to please God for he who comes to God must believe that he is who he claimed to be and he's a rewarder of those who seek him. Yes, we must fully embrace who we're talking to and who are we talking to when we talk to God? We're talking to the creator of everything known and unknown. In fact, if we can't just grasp and believe the very first verse of the Bible, if we can actually grab onto that first verse that's in the Bible, we can trust God for whatever we're asking for. It should be no problem, whatever we're seeking God for, if we can just grab onto that very first verse. Because Genesis 1-1 says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Everything that you see, it was all created by God in the beginning. In fact, that word created comes from the Hebrew word bara. That means he created it out of nothing. He just, whoosh, and it came into existence. If God was able to do that, is he not able to do whatever you would be seeking him to do? Is he not able to do it all? Which brings up our second point, how to pray. 
I like what D.L. Moody said. He said this quote, some people's prayers need to be cut off on both ends and set on fire in the middle. That's right. Just get to the point and just get some fire in that prayer. Yes, when we pray, we need to pray like we mean it. We need to pray believing that God can do all things. Again, I like what Jeremiah said. Maybe he latched on to Genesis 1-1 and he kind of added to it. He says in Jeremiah 32-17, he says, Ah, Lord God, behold, you have made the heavens and the earth with your great power and your outstretched arm. Nothing is too difficult for you. Sometimes we go to the Lord, oh God, I don't know how I'm going to pay my gas bill. It's $26. Is there any difference between $26 or your three months backed up in rent and you owe, you know, 10 grand? I mean, what is really the difference? I mean, if you don't have 26 bucks and you don't have 10 grand, it's like, it it doesn't matter. It's like, what matters is God is able to do whatever you could possibly imagine he is able to do exceedingly abundantly more than you could ever ask or think so it doesn't matter if someone's out i remember this one pastor he was just beside himself i was at a pastor's conference he's like man pastor i don't know what i'm gonna do and i'm like what he goes man my rent is just so high oh i just it's like man i go well how much is it he was from durango mexico really depressed area of mexico and he says it's 500 dollars a month i'm like really he goes, yeah. And I go, hmm. I go, our rent at our church is $39,717 a month. And he's just like, Aah! and he just died right in front of me. I'm just like, look at him. He's dead. No, just kidding. But he just, he just his mouth just dropped to the floor. I said, look, I said, how long have you been in that building? He says, about three years. I says, have you ever not paid the rent? He goes, no, we, we end up at the last minute. We, just, we end up making it right at the end. Every month I said, then stop worrying about it. Because it doesn't matter if your rent's almost 40 grand a month or if it's $500 a month. God is able to pay the rent. I remember so vividly when we first got into our building, those of you that have been with us for a long time, we started over in a building. It was an old bank building across the street from Sony Studios. And it's now, uh, imagine, it's apartments. <laughs> it's like as if we need more apartments. Anyway, it's an apartment building now, but it's on the corner of Washington and Overland. And it was an old bank building. And I remember I made a deal with the guy to rent the whole building for $10,000 a month. And we did it on a Chipotle bag because he was trying to rent me the building for 18,000 a month. And I said, no, I'm not going to rent this thing for 18,000 a month. He said, that's too much money. And then I, and I grabbed the Chipotle bag and I said, I wrote out a contract because I was thinking of Colonel Parker, you know, for Elvis Presley, when he did the first contract with Elvis in Las Vegas, he wrote it on top of a tablecloth and he wrote it out. It was the first million dollar contract for any singer in Las Vegas. And he wrote it on the tablecloth and he picked up the tablecloth and that became the contract. So I said, well, if he can do it on a tablecloth, I can do it on the back of a Chipotle bag. So I write it out. I said, I'll give you $10,000. He goes, all right, I'll take 10000 instead of 18000 a month. And then we both signed the Chipotle bag. And I left and I'm thinking like, what have I done? We can't afford $10,000 a month. We had only been in church for like five months. I'm like, what have I done? Oh God, we're going to die. I just bankrupt our church, you know? And I'm so, I'm driving. I'm thinking, I got to call him back. I got to call him back. I got to tell him, tear up the Chipotle bag, you know. And I just remember going to the post office to our P.O. box. 
And I remember opening the drawer and there was one piece of mail in there, just one piece. It was just in a regular envelope. And I remember opening it up and it was a check for $10,000. And the Lord said, (laughs) he spoke to me so clearly. He goes, you don't pay the rent. I pay the rent. And I'm like, praise Jesus. So I never think about it. God always makes everything happen. Maybe our prayers should be summed up like this. If you're taking notes, you could take a note on these. Jot these down. Number one, we should always be asking the Lord to speak to us. See, we come to him as his children and we need to be ready to listen. Prayer is not always just talking to God. It's talking and it's listening. Did you get that? It's not just, do, 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 oh, get, get, oh, vending machine, who art in heaven? I need, do, 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 do. no, 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 no. It's talking and then it's, shh, it's listening, listening, allowing him to speak to our heart and having a heart that's ready to listen to him. Yes, prayer is not a monologue. It is a dialogue with God. See, don't we talk about a relationship with God? Don't we talk about that all the time? Oh, it's not about religion. It's not about a stained glass window. It's not about some statue or some, you know, dead corpse somewhere. This is about a relationship with the living God. And with that relationship, just like if me and you have a relationship, we got to go to In-N-Out and we got to pound burgers, okay? And we're going to do what? We're going to just sit there at the table? Am I just going to let you talk to me until my ears fall off? No, we're going to have a dialogue. We're going to talk. We're going to spend time together. And that's what develops relationship. And that's what God wants with us. It's talking and it's listening. Number two, we should always be saying, Lord, make the way clear for me. If we don't know what to do, that's when we should probably stop doing whatever we're doing and ask him to help us see the way and then wait until we see it. See, it was George Mueller. He was a famous man that ran an orphanage that he was a prayer warrior and God always heard his prayers and answered his prayers. And so they asked him one time, well, what do you do when you're praying about something? He goes, well, I pray and then I wait. And they said, well, what happens if what you prayed for doesn't come? He goes, I wait longer then. I just keep waiting. How many times have we, oh, we got to jump on this deal. Oh, got to make it happen right now. Let's got to, we got to do it. We're going to miss the deal. We're going to miss everything. How many times have you jumped on that? And it was the worst thing you ever did because you didn't pray about it and you didn't wait. Just wait, hurry up and wait on the Lord. Number one, we need to pray. We need to listen Not just pray, but we need to listen. Number two, when we pray, we need to pray, God, give me direction so I can see it and give me patience to wait. Because if you're praying for something, don't move until the answer comes. Let's not forget, sometimes there's a locked door in front of you. It's locked because you're not supposed to go through it. You're not supposed to go through that door. You keep barging. You're huffing and puffing and you're blowing the door down. You're trying to get me through this door. And the whole time, God's like, you don't get it. You're not supposed to go through this door. If you look over to your left, there's a door over there that you can go through, but not this door. And we keep like, oh, got to have this, got to have this. Number three, we should always be praying, Lord, your will be done and not mine. 
Know this, I'm not trying to be rude here, but you and me simply do not have the best plans at times. And no matter how bad we want something, we must die to our own wants and our own desires. We must die to our plans and our purposes. And we must seek what his will is over our will. Do you trust God? Do you think he knows a little bit more than you maybe? I mean, if God didn't know more than us, what are we serving him for? I mean, that'd be a mess, wouldn't it? God is the infinite, all-powerful God, all-knowledgeable of all things, omnipresence. And it's just like, and we're going to him, and we're going to, God, this is what I want right here. This is it. This is my blueprint. Make it happen. And God's like, "Uh, your plan stinks. That's not a good plan. This isn't going to take you where you want to go. This is a mess. So guess what? My answer to you is I'm answering your prayer right now. And it's a big fat no. Okay. It's like, oh God, how come you don't answer my prayer? I answered your prayer five years ago. It was no then and it's no today. God has answered your prayer and it was no. So yes, when we pray, we have to pray and we have to listen. And then we pray, God, not my will, but your will be done. That's all the time we have for today's message. You've been listening to pastor and Bible teacher Steve Wilburn of Core Church Los Angeles. If you'd like to hear more messages by Pastor Steve, download the Core Church Los Angeles free app. Available on iOS and Android. Core Church is sponsored by and a listener-supported outreach of Core Church LA. If you have been blessed by this program, consider supporting our radio ministry by texting Core Church LA one word. That's Core Church LA to seven seven nine seven seven. And remember, there's a God in heaven who loves you. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.